Section twenty six of Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph by Francis Sheridan. Volume two continued. My lady met me on the stairs. I could scarce breathe. She carried me into her dressing room and made me sit down till I recovered a little. She was affected herself, but endeavoured to raise my spirits. I wish, said she, smiling, you had been in my lord's hands. He would have prepared you better than Lady Biddulph has for this meeting. He has been trying to make Mr. Arnold drunk, in order to give him courage, he says, to face you. Poor man, he could scarcely credit me when I told him you were coming this evening. She proposed my taking a few drops, which I agreed to, and bidding me pluck up my spirits, she said she would send Mr. Arnold to me. I catched Lady V. by the hand, and begged she would desire him from me not to mention anything that was past, but let our meeting be as if the separation had only been occasioned by a long journey. She left me, and Mr. Arnold in a few minutes entered the room. He approached me speechless. My arms were extended to receive him. He fell into them. We neither of us spoke. There was no language but tears, which we both shed plentifully. Mr. Arnold sobbed as I pressed him to my bosom. "'My dearest Sidney,' said he, "'can it be, is it possible, that you love me still?' "'If Lady V. delivered my message to you, my dear Mr. Arnold, "'sure you would not speak thus to me.' "'I understand you,' said he. "'Oh, my dear, I never wished for wealth or length of days till now, "'but what I can I will.' "'Forbear, my love,' said I. "'Remember my request. "'I wanted to give his thoughts another turn. "'My mother longs to see you. "'When will you visit her?' "'I will throw myself at her feet,' said he. "'I want a blessing from her, and she has sent me one.' throwing his arms again around me. "'How much are we obliged to good Lord and Lady V?' said I. "'Oh, they have opened to me the path to heaven,' he answered. "'If it had not been for them, I think we had better go to them,' said I. "'They will partake in our happiness.' He took me by the hand without answering, and led me into the drawing-room. "'I have, my sister, endeavoured to recollect our disjointed conversation in order to give it to you as well as I could. All that I can remember I have set down, though I am sure a good deal more passed. Lord V.'s eyes sparkled when he saw us enter together, but my lady and he, I suppose, had agreed beforehand to say nothing that could recall any past griefs, for they only smiled at our entrance, and my lord said, "'Arnold, you really hand your lady in with as gallant an air as if you were married within these three hours.' "'And so I have been, my lord,' answered Mr. Arnold. My lady presently called for tea, and we chatted as if nothing had happened. The servants waiting in the room made this necessary, though I could observe the two footmen who had lived a good while with Lord V, looking with no small astonishment at Mr. Arnold and me. When the servants were withdrawn, my lady introduced the subject of our going out of town. 
she had before acquainted him with my mother's proposal and i repeated what she had said to me on that head after lady v had left us my lord renewed the kind offers of his friendship and said as we meant so shortly to part with our house in st james street that he thought it would be better for us not to go into it at all but make use of his house while we stayed in town as perhaps mr arnold might not like to be at lady biddulph's on account of sir george's coming there i readily assented to this proposal and mr arnold said it would be most agreeable to him i told him however i should be glad of my mother's approbation and asked mr arnold if he did not think it would be right of us both to wait on her together to let her know of my lord's kind invitation my lady v said by all means and the sooner the better if you please i will order the chariot i would have you see lady biddulph directly mr arnold said it was what he proposed doing that very night the chariot was presently at the door lady v said i have an apartment ready and shall with lady biddulph's permission expect you back to-night we promised to return and drove to my mother's i left mr arnold in the parlour while i ran upstairs to inform her of his being come to wait on her unluckily as well as unexpectedly i found my brother with her i judged by his voice as i came upstairs that he was talking warmly to my mother he stopped however when i came into the room he was standing and had his hat under his arm i concluded he was going and was not sorry for it he cast a cold look at me and with an ironical smile i wish you joy mrs arnold and he pronounced my name with an emphasis though i was stung at his manner i would not let him see it thank you brother said i god be praised i have cause to rejoice oh no doubt aunt said he so have we all that your husband has been graciously pleased after beggaring you and your children turning you out of doors and branding you with infamy to receive you at last into his favour sir george said i you shock me exceedingly where is the need of those cruel repetitions indeed you are very unkind and i could not refrain from tears the more blamable mr arnold's conduct has been said my mother the more cause have we to rejoice in his amendment we must make allowances for human failings ay madam i wish you had thought of that in mr falkland's case cried my brother my mother seemed disconcerted at the rebuke sir george looked and smiled with an air of ill-natured triumph as my mother was not quick in answering i replied the cases are very different brother what duty obliges us to pass by in a husband it is hardly moral not to discountenance in another man you say true child said my mother a woman certainly ought not to marry a loose man if she knows him to be such but if it be her misfortune to be joined to such a one she is not to reject him but more especially if she sees him willing to reform where is your husband my dear madam he is below in the parlour he is come to receive your forgiveness and your blessing 
he shall have both said my good mother and my prayers too sir george looked a little surprised i will not interrupt so pious a ceremony said he but i hope you will give me leave to withdraw before you desire him upstairs saying this he bowed slightly to my mother and left the room we neither of us said anything to stop him my mother rang the bell but before a servant could attend he went out and clapped the door violently after him go bring your husband up to me said my mother i begged she would not mention anything of sir george's behaviour i found mr arnold impatient at my stay poor man his situation made him jealous of everything that looked like a slight i told him my brother had been above stairs and that i did not think a meeting would at that time have been agreeable to either of them i waited till he was gone i perceive he knew i was in the house said mr arnold by the blustering manner of his departure i made no reply but taking him under the arm led him to my mother the best of women received him with a tenderness that delighted me he put one knee to the ground while she embraced him with maternal love then raised him and taking his hand and mine joined them holding them between her own god bless you my children said she and may you never more be separated till god who joined you calls one or other of you to himself amen cried i fervently amen repeated mr arnold he then besought my mother to forgive him for all the affliction he had occasioned both to her and me assuring her that his veneration for her and his tenderness for me were augmented an hundredfold and should for the future influence his whole conduct after this we fell on the subject of our domestic affairs we informed my mother of my lord v s proposal and said as we should stay in town but two or three days we had accepted of the offer of being at his house rather than by our presence banish my brother from hers he is an intractable man said she but as i do not wish to quarrel with my children i think it will be prudent for you to stay at my lord's rather than here mr arnold said his obligations to lord v were unspeakable for that he had promised not only to see all our affairs properly settled but to take the mortgage of south park into his own hands as he fears the person who now has it will not be so tender a creditor as himself he also proposes as the sale of my effects cannot amount to what my debts come to to pay what may be deficient and make himself my sole creditor if it had not been for such a prospect of this added my dear mr arnold notwithstanding your goodness and lady biddulph's i had resolved never to have appeared before either of you we determined to set out for sydney castle in three or four days at farthest and took leave of my mother for this night december the twenty fourth i told lady v this morning that though i was determined never to mention our past misfortune to mr arnold yet i owned i had a great curiosity to know what means mrs gerard had made use of 
to work up his suspicions to the high pitch she had done, but I would rather remain unsatisfied than mortify him by the recollection of this particular. "'I can inform you of her whole proceedings,' answered Lady V., "'as I had it from Mr. Arnold himself. "'For to tell the truth, I was as curious about that as you, "'and took the liberty to ask your husband concerning it yesterday, "'when we had him to ourselves. "'It was the interval between dinner and the hour when you were expected here in the evening "'that I laid hold of for this purpose, "'as I found him then composed enough to bear the inquiry. He told me that from the time of his going down to South Park, Mrs. Gerard had begun to throw out insinuations concerning you that had a little alarmed him. She asked him whether you made a good wife, which he answered in the affirmative. She replied she was glad of it, for that she had been told your affections were formerly deeply engaged to a very fine young gentleman who, as his fortune was very much above your expectations, your mother, fearing your violent fondness for him, might lead you into some act of indiscretion, had carried you out of town on purpose to avoid him, and was glad to marry you as hastily as she could, to put you out of the reach of harm. Your husband acknowledges that he believes he had himself casually informed mrs gerard of the manner of his first becoming acquainted with you and the suddenness with which his marriage was concluded yet she pretended to him she was before apprised of these particulars he owns that those hints though far from giving him any suspicion of your virtue had nevertheless made some impression on him you know madam added he that, madly devoted as my affections were to Mrs. Gerard, I had always behaved to my wife with great tenderness and respect. This, I suppose it was, which raised Mrs. Gerard's jealousy, and made her leave no method unattempted to part us. Mr. Falkland had not been long at V. Hall when she asked me with uncommon earnestness whether he visited at my house. I told her he did not, and asked the meaning of her inquiry. She affected to turn it off, and said she had no particular reason for her question, but her manner was such as the more excited my curiosity. At length she was prevailed on to tell me that Mr. Falkland was the man, for she had not before named the person, whom my wife had so passionately loved prepossessed as i was with jealousy i now took the alarm i recollected that mrs arnold had told me at lord v s upon my first seeing him there that she had been very well acquainted with him and i even thought that i had observed something particular in his countenance when he addressed her i was now sure that he had come into the neighbourhood merely on her account the hell that i suffered is not to be described for though I really fancied that I had conceived almost an aversion to Mrs. Arnold, yet I could not bear the thoughts of being dishonoured. An accident happened which served to strengthen my suspicions. He then related the circumstances of his seeing you at the public house on the night of the fire, and of his finding Mr. Falkland putting you into your chariot. 
he owned at the same time that he was there with mrs gerard whom he had conducted out of the playhouse having called for her there in his return from making a visit that he has promised to sup with her that night mrs gerard when she had him at her house affected to speak with some surprise of your imprudence in suffering a young man of mr falkland's known turn for gallantry to attend you to such a place and at that hour though added he mrs arnold's own account of this had satisfied me at the time yet mrs gerard's insinuations blew up the fire anew in my breast she pretended to soothe me but the method she took rather increased my uneasiness she told me she believed my honour as yet had received no injury and to preserve it effectually she thought i could not do better than to forbid my wife to see mr falkland the designing vile woman continued your husband knowing that this prohibition would cut off her visits at v hall no doubt apprehended my wife would not so readily acquiesce under it and she was sure any resistance on her part would but the more inflame me but in this she was disappointed for i no sooner required mrs arnold's promise on the occasion than she without the least hesitation made it my requiring so extraordinary a proof of her obedience induced mrs arnold to inquire into the cause and upon my explaining it she acknowledged that mr falkland had once been her lover and that the match was broken off by her mother who had conceived some dislike to him this was so far from gaining credit with me that it only served to corroborate what mrs gerard had told me i was however contented for the present with the promise that my wife had made me of which i informed mrs gerard he then proceeded to tell me of his finding you and mr falkland together one evening at the house of mrs gerard i must confess continued he this unexpected incident transported me beyond the bounds of patience i suffered notwithstanding mr falkland to go quietly out of the house more for mrs gerard's sake than any other consideration and permitted her to go home with my wife who i then thought pretended illness waiting in the meantime at her house for her return in order to have this extraordinary and unexpected meeting explained mrs gerard on her return expressed the utmost concern and resentment on the occasion she told me that as she had expected me that evening which was really the case she had sent to my wife to engage her for the next day in order to prevent her coming to interrupt us which was not unlikely as mrs arnold had not been to see her from the time she was laid up by the hurt she received and she said she did not care to lay herself so open to her servants as to have herself denied to the wife while she entertained the husband i myself continued he having the same apprehensions had asked mrs arnold on my going abroad in the morning how she purposed to dispose of herself for the day and she had told me she intended to stay at home mrs gerard said that notwithstanding her message she was surprised with a visit from mrs arnold just as soon as she was sitting down to dinner that she however put a good face on the matter and received her very cordially 
but in order to get rid of her soon, told her she was engaged abroad in the afternoon. Mrs. Arnold, she added, however, thought proper to stay, and I could not avoid asking her to drink coffee. While we were at it, behold, to my very great surprise, Mr. Falkland sent in his name, and immediately entered the parlour. As I guessed, continued Mrs. Gerard, that this was a settled assignation, I own I was extremely provoked at it. Mr. Falkland, with whom I formerly had a very slight acquaintance at Bath, so slight indeed as never to have been visited by him, now very audaciously made an apology for not having waited on me sooner, but said that he did not hear of my being in the neighbourhood till a day or two before, and hoped I would allow him the honour of renewing his acquaintance. I had hardly temper enough to make him a civil answer, but said I was sorry I was engaged that evening, and must be obliged to go out immediately. I thought this hint was enough for Mrs. Arnold, and that she would have had the discretion to have taken her leave. She asked pardon for having kept me at home so long, protesting she had really forgot that I told her I was engaged. She begged she might not detain me any longer, saying she had ordered her chariot to come for her in the evening, and that she would wait for it, as she found herself not very well, and therefore not able to walk home. I now saw into the whole scheme. Mr. Falkland would naturally stay to keep her company, and they would have my house to themselves. But I resolved to disappoint them both, and telling Mrs. Arnold I would leave her at home, ordered the chariot to the door. Mrs. Arnold opposed this under pretence of not giving me so much trouble, and pretending to be sick and faint, said she would step to the door in order to get a little more air. I followed her hastily, and your coming in the instant, I suppose, detained Mr. Falkland in the parlour, for he could not but see you from the window. You know the rest, added Mrs. Gerard, and I leave you to judge whether Mrs. Arnold be inclined to keep her word with you in regard to Mr. Falkland. Can you blame me, madam, proceeded your husband, if after what I now saw and heard I was enraged almost to madness against my wife? The base woman, who had not accomplished her wicked purpose, encouraged me in my desperation. In the midst of my fury, however, I could not help making one observation, which was, that as Mrs. Gerard's going, or pretending to go out that evening, was a casual thing, they could hardly have expected an opportunity of being alone at her house, even though the meeting was concerted. Mrs. Gerard answered that was very true, and she supposed there was nothing at first farther intended than that the lovers should have the pleasure of seeing and conversing together, as they had been so long separated. The other, to be sure, said she, was an afterthought, which the opportunity suggested. She then, after making me swear secrecy, told me that Mrs. Arnold had, when she followed her out to the door, conjured her not to tell me that Mr. Falkland and she, Mrs. Gerard, were acquainted. 
for said she as mr arnold is of a jealous temper and has heard that mr falkland formerly courted me he would not suffer me to come near your house if he knew that mr falkland visited you i promised her i would not added mrs gerard and i made no doubt but that she hoped in time relying on my good nature my seeming fondness for her and the easiness of my temper to engage me as the confidant and a better of her loose amour mrs gerard concluded with saying that she believed nothing criminal as yet had passed between mr falkland and my wife at least since his coming to v hall but as there was no withholding a woman from her will it was very probable that mrs arnold would contrive the means of meeting though not at her house yet somewhere else i raved threatened talked of fighting falkland and locking up my wife she artfully dissuaded me from such violent measures by a number of arguments which i will not trouble you with repeating amongst other things she said that i had no right to call falkland to an account merely from surmise which was all i had to ground my charge on and though there was the strongest reason to believe he had dishonourable designs on mrs arnold yet as i could not directly accuse him of them i should be laughed at for engaging in a quarrel which to the world would appear to be so ill-grounded as to what i threatened in regard to my wife she said such measures only make a woman desperate and would be far from preventing the evil in short that it would be better to part quietly without embroiling myself with her friends or undertaking the hateful office of becoming jailer to my wife she found me but too well disposed to follow her fatal counsel i wrote that cruel letter to my wife which turned her from her home at mrs gerard's house she kept me with her till midnight and had worked up my resentment to such a pitch that i determined not to see mrs arnold any more to avoid expostulations i went to a friend's house at the distance of several miles when i came back mrs gerard told me that mr falkland was absent from v hall and she concluded the lovers were now together i interrupted your husband at this part of the story pursued lady v and told him that to my knowledge mr falkland had gone to sydney castle to see sir george biddulph before you left your own house and did not set out from thence on his return till about three weeks after your separation at the account of which he was exceedingly surprised dear lady v said he do you think i now want any further arguments to convince me what an injurious wretch i have been to the best of women i have one observation to make to you mr arnold added i which is that your lady's misfortune was entirely owing to her great delicacy and the nice regard she had to your peace and honour i do not understand you madam he replied know then said i that your wife was well acquainted with your connection with mrs gerard from the very night that you found her at the public-house 
to which the accident that happened to her obliged her to go. She owned to me, at the time you drove her from her home, that she had discovered your amour from a conversation she overheard that night, between you and Mrs. Gerard. This I extorted from her by letting her know I was no stranger to the intrigue. I then repeated to him the discourse that passed between him and that wicked woman as far as you had told me, and he very well remembered it. "'Now, Mr. Arnold,' said I, "'to prove the assertion I made in regard to your lady, had she reproached you with your infidelity, as some wives would have done, though it might have occasioned a temporary uneasiness to you both,' yet would it have prevented her from falling a sacrifice to that most artful and wicked of her sex, for you would not then have had such an improbable falsehood imposed on you, as that Mrs. Arnold would have made choice of the mistress of her husband for a confidant, and fix on her house as the rendezvous for a love intrigue. The base woman herself had no reason from Mrs. Arnold's prudent and gentle behaviour to think she was suspected by her. Your husband lifted up his eyes to heaven, and striking his breast, "'Blind, blind wretch!' he cried, "'infatuated, ungrateful monster! Are there no amends, no amends in thy power for such goodness?' I could not hear a description of my poor Mr. Arnold's deep contrition. I stopped Lady V, and, being now informed of all I wanted to know, changed the conversation. End of section 26